Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bat Truck Up Podcast. I'm James Rooster Bowen here with Justin Martin. And this week on the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about cooking out on the road, you know, trying to uh, eat a little bit healthier, save some money while we're doing it. And to help us out, we have Angela from Simply Living, their uh, YouTube channel, uh, focusing on basically on cooking on a truck. Uh, they're uh, FedEx ground contractors. And we want to welcome to the show and talk a little bit about, you know, cooking, living, and uh, seeing what all the what all goes behind the scenes over in uh, on their channel and uh, in their lifestyle. So, Angela, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, Angela, tell us a little about um, your guys' background and how you got into uh, being FedEx uh, ground contractors. All right. So, uh, Scott and I, he's my husband, we were both independent drivers and we uh, used to work for Conway Freight that became XPO. And uh, we did the Dave Ramsey program of getting out of debt. And we were down to just having our house to pay off. And I was led on to FedEx ground and the contract and the amount of money you could make with the contract and did some quick calculations, figured out in 18 months we could have our house paid off and uh, just fast roll life. And so that's how we got to FedEx six years ago. And then uh, we would just work in the wintertime um, through the peak season because everybody buys all their Christmas gifts and they have tax season. So we kind of just work through uh, Christmas from Black Friday area to uh, tax season. And then we take off the summertime and do our own little side hustles. And then last year we bought our dream house and now we have a mortgage again. So we're kind of wanting to fastball that and getting it paid off and live a little bit more simple of a life, not necessarily on the road, but just uh, slow down and relax a little bit because together we have over 45 years experience driving trucks and uh, trucking is a, a tough career and it, and it gets tiring. Mm-hmm. Well, that's amazing. So eight, 18 months, that was, you said eight years ago you got into this? Uh, six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And we did pay off our house in 18 months. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So if you were trying to do that today, do you think you'd still be able to pull it off in 18 months? How was the market today versus oh, yeah. how it was six years ago? Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. Still, no, still um, our, yeah, so our plan is, um, and just to give an idea, that way people have perspective of it, is our mortgage is about $160,000. And uh, we've calculated that we could pay it off in about 15 months if we stay on the road um, for one year. If we stay mm. on continuously for 15 months, then our house would be paid off. All right. Well, I'm going to start filling out applications after this is done. So <laughs> <laughs> now the no, key just... is you missed the key. We're a husband and wife. So yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so many companies. So because of, you know, the job rooster and I have, we, we get to talk to a lot of these, you know, company owners and executives and stuff. And all they complain about is, you know, driver shortage this and how hard it is to drive or hire people. Or if they find drivers, it's like, you know, they want to do team because you know, it's you know, where, where the money's at, but they can't get them to, uh, you know, get along in the truck. I tell them the exact same thing every time. Hire husband and wife teams, preferably recently retired military couples. Because when I was yeah. over the road, those are always the best teams that I, I ran across. Has that been your guys' uh, experience too? Yep. That's the exact experience. Or um, what we um, saw on our YouTube channel, um, Simple Living, we really kind of put out there that we want like the younger generation because a lot of truck drivers are retiring. Uh, we want to really impact younger generations mm-hmm. that just got married. Uh, go on the road together. <laughs> it will set your marriage up for either you're going to make it or break it and make a ton of money. And in five years, you can make a million dollars or a roundabout and sit fat and happy the rest of your life. So by age 30, you'll be golden. 
Yeah. So why why FedEx and not uh, other other companies? Um, FedEx Ground allows us to be home every single weekend. Whoa! So you're still do, you're doing this and you're home every weekend. We're home every weekend. Yeah. So I have it set no, up. No um, wow. Food is important to me. So at home, I have deep freezers full of food. So I go home and and restock, and we do the laundry at home, and we go to church every Sunday, and hit back on the road. I mean, sometimes we're only home for 20 hours, but we're home every weekend. That's incredible. Yeah. A lot of the teams I ran across, they would, uh, they basically lived on the road. I mean, they, they had a home and maybe they had kids, but they're, you know, grown up and moved out by then. But yeah, most of them, I'd, I'd, I'd like the FedEx uh, expeditors and the, the white glove fleet. I mean, maybe they're home for like Christmas or a lot of them, what they'll do, like you guys kind of do the opposite. They would um, drive all year, but then take the winter off. Cause that's like the most you know dangerous part of uh, you're driving. Um, <laughs> yes. but that's, that's kind of, that's kind of neat that you guys uh, take the summer off. Yeah. Um, but so with um, the expediters and custom critical for FedEx branches of those, that is absolutely correct. Like they are usually gone. They, they like you to be gone for about three months and then they send you home for like a week to 10 days or two weeks. And then you're back at it. Yeah. But FedEx ground, um, they typically uh, Sunday and Monday is their low days of travel for their trucks and um uh almost every driver i know for fedex ground is is home on weekends that's great um yeah I, my mine was i would be out for four weeks and then we would take a week off um so definitely was eating into my earning potential i think if i'd stayed out you know six weeks at a time and only took two or three days off i'd be making a lot more money but i was making decent money enough to be able to you know take take a week off and enjoy myself but um, my, my dad and I, we were so close to buying a, uh, expediter truck and leasing onto our company. Um, but he, pref- the owner of the company, Steve, he preferred to have a tractor with a drum box and then a full size trailer. That way we can decide what kind mm-hmm. of loads he want to, to haul. Yeah. Um, and when you, when, when all you have is a, is a sprinter, sprinter van or an expediter truck, you're really limiting, um, you know, what you, what you can carry. But yeah. yeah, if we if we had uh, worked a deal out with him, I, I probably would have still been hauling explosives because that was that was such a fun gig. So what, what were you guys doing before um, FedEx? Uh, we worked for XPO, um, so uh, we did that. We did haul um, hazmat fireworks. It's just mixed freight, so it's a, a freight company. Um, so we both that's how we met. Is we both worked for the same company, and in 2008, when the economy tanked, they they told me one week they're like, you can either move mm-hmm. and uh, keep your job. Or have a great life. So I uh, chose, I was young and single, so I chose to move. And I happened to move to the same location that Scott was working at. And that's where we met. And then I drug him across, halfway across the country to the East Coast to, to where I was from. And yeah, now we've been there since 2010. Sweet. So was, uh, was Scott driving as well before that? Yeah. Yeah, he's been driving since before there was a CDLs like legal license. My husband's 16 years older than me. So people are wondering, they're like, what the heck? This is not adding up yet. My husband's 16 years older than me. So he was driving before there was a such thing as a CDLs. <laughs> oh, the, 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 old, the good old uh, chauffeur's license. Yes. Yep. That, so he got grandfathered in. Yeah. I, I had an, I, I have an uncle who um, he got, the way he got his quote unquote CDL or chauffeur's license was he went to the DMV, grabbed a pamphlet off the shelf, went back to his car and just read everything over and over and over again went back in, took the test, and then he had a, he's had a CDL since. Yeah, he worked for his brother-in-law. <laughs> Definitely don't do equipment. that anymore. Yeah, yeah, he just hauled heavy equipment for his brother-in-law and then just went in and took the test and got his license. Yeah, see, they weren't complaining about driver shortages back then, were they? No, they weren't. Yeah, no, I had to go a little bit, you know, stricter. <laughs> I, um, 
went through, uh, then it was Conway Freight. So I went through their trucking school and it, it took about a year and then uh, oh, RIP. went through school and got my license and uh, stayed with them for eight years before I, I came over. So in April would be 15 years of me driving. Hmm. Yeah, I, I started in 07. Uh, Rooster, I think, I believe started in 05 or 06. So we're all about the same same level of experience. Right. So what got you guys into, uh, you know, getting into YouTube? So when we came on uh, the road, we made the switch to FedEx Ground. And one, I have food allergies. Um, so cooking in the truck was never not a thing. Like it was going to have to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we came on the road and I started trying to figure out, because I was local, I did local P&D. Um, so I, could, I was a good delivery driver and I did local runs, but living in the truck was a whole new ball game, a whole new side of, of trucking that we didn't know. And so I tried to do some research and there was like two channels and they were like mediocre. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, trucking is one of the biggest industries in the world, not country world. And there's like nothing yeah. out there. I'm like, this is insanity. So as I started like learning one thing to the next, it took me about a year to finally, like all my friends, like all my girlfriends, you know, they were just they were so excited about it. So we would use like video apps to chat back and forth since I work kind of weird hours. And they didn't know when they could talk to me. So we would video chat each other all the time and just leave each other videos. And they were like, they were totally into it. They were like, this is crazy. Like you need to share this with everybody. So I got up enough courage uh, a year later after we were on the road and finally started the YouTube channel. And I did not know anything about video. I didn't know anything about being a YouTuber. I didn't know anything about anything but trucking and cooking food. <laughs> yeah, I saw it on your channel. You joined in 2013. Um, but it looks like your your oldest video is about five years ago. So was there like yeah. old content you never posted or you got rid of or you just or you only really, really started this like five years ago? Only started five years ago. Yeah. I just made an account okay. then. Yeah. I made an account, but never did anything with it. And uh, only the last five years I've been making content. So just been learning as I go. Um, and, but I wanted to do it because I knew there had to be other people like me and I wanted to be able to help other drivers live a better quality of life. Because in my opinion, a lot of truck drivers live uh, a life that's worse than a homeless person in all honesty. And that, that stuck hard to me. Yeah, we we shared an image of like a potential slip seat truck the other day, and it's just full of trash. And it's like I, you're absolutely right; there are homeless people living uh, in much you know, better, life. cleaner, cleaner, and cleaner environments. They're getting a uh, better meal. Truck. Yeah, they're getting a better meal as well. Like all around, like when you look at it as a whole, like they have healthcare more available to them. Um, I mean, yeah, it's through the government, but they have healthcare available to them. Food, they have, it's cleaner environment sometimes. Like it, it just blew my mind. So I was like, man, this has, we've got to teach truck drivers that this is not how it has to be. And then also just letting the general public to have a glimpse inside of trucking because trucking is still one of those industries. Like it's not really talked about, like it's, it's a, Mm-hmm. secret kind of career and people don't have any clue that you got to stop at the truck stop to take a shower or go in there and use their bar their microwave or whatever they just have absolutely no clue yeah well when you're throwing out numbers and saying that you can uh, pay your mortgage off in 18 months i think that's a great recruiting tool but you also run the risk of like getting people into the industry that might not probably shouldn't be driving a truck to begin with um yeah so when i went through cdl school through schneider excuse me, there was 82 of us in that class and they flunked half of them within the first hour, just measuring wow. their heart rates. Wow. Um, then, uh, then the next day you're in a simulator. Um, 
I didn't like the way they did this. They, they flunked um, this one lady because she got sick on the simulator. You know, she, she got like that motion sickness thing. Oh, yeah. Who knows what she would have been like behind the wheel of a truck. But, you know, just, just not being able to sit in the simulator playing the video game, she flunked out. Um, That's and crazy. And then fast, yeah, fast forward two weeks later, um, 17 of us uh, passed. So out of, wow. out of 82 people, only, seven, only can... 17 made it. And with, within really a year and a half, that. I think I was the last person to, to, to finally quit and go somewhere else. Wow. Wow. I mean, so that, I mean, insane, people insane have to look turnover. at the, the, yeah, the turnover is high. And so when people do um, come to our channel and they ask like, Oh, I want to get into it. I really like, they think I'm crazy, but I go in depth and I'm like, I'm not even going to talk to you until you answer a few questions. I'm like, you got young kids. Nope. Not talking to you. Like, I just literally won't even talk to somebody. I'm like, it's, it's not a life for you to have a family. I was like, and um, yeah, it's just other things. Like it's a lifestyle and that's what we really try to portray on our channel. It's a lifestyle. There's so much more than just driving. I mean, it's, it's a tough career. And like you said, it's not for everybody. I mean, luckily, like when I went through uh, Conway's trucking school, they only allowed 10 people or so in the class. And you were lucky if one person failed. And most of the people I went to, to school with, mm. I would say more than half of them are still in the trucking field. Like some of them are actually still at the same company. But that just shows you like, you know, one, their recruiting is a little bit different style. And they just, if you get the opportunity to go through their trucking school, it's more of an honor. It's not a opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I started in 07, I believe it was Walmart and Harley Davidson were like the two companies that everybody talked about. And I think Harley mostly because we were in Wisconsin. So that's who everybody wanted to drive for. And oh, okay. very quickly, you know, Harley Davidson, Harley, Harley, Harley closed down their trucking division and it just, they contracted it out. And now Walmart, you know, they're, I, I think they've kind of slowed down the hiring spree, um, but they were desperate. I mean, they, they increased the starting pay to 120,000 a year and they went from like a 3% pass rate to like a 60% pass rate or some, something crazy like that. Uh. So, you know, something had to give either, either the, the standard, either the standards, get lowered or you kind of acquiesce to, okay, we need to bring on somebody that maybe we wouldn't have before and then get them up to speed. And I, I think that's where a lot of companies need to start going now. It's like that pipeline of new driver to getting experience to going on to another company is completely breaking down. Instead, what's happening Agreed. is new drivers come in, the industry chews them up, spits them out, and they just quit driving, period. It's, um, yeah. I wish I wish I had the numbers here with me, but there's I believe it was like Mich Michigan, California, and like a ton of other states are saying that there are more people with commercial driver's licenses than there are job openings in the states. So that tells you that it's not a driver shortage. It's just it's not. It's, there's a there's a break, there's a breakdown between. Yep, yeah, it's a it's a retention problem. And until yeah, they, I mean, until they fix that, you're, you're just going to see this continue And that's what forever. we've even told our boss because he's asked us, he's like, how do I get more people like you? And we're like, well, you got to make sure you have driver retention. Like you got to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And until you do X, Y, and Z, it's, it's not going to matter. Yeah. So, I mean, um, it's, and it, it, it's does, it doesn't matter the size of the company too. You know, it, it, from like the mega carriers all the way down to, so I ran into uh, uh, Manti Teo, the uh, uh, football player at one of our conferences a few months ago. And he owns a, a trucking company with uh, his uncle, I believe. And even he was saying the same thing. He's like, I, I can't, I can't find drivers. He's like, I got these two women who drive for me and they're not having a great time. And he's like, I just don't know what kind of drivers to look for. And I, same thing. It's like husband and wife teams, man. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, where, where would, where would be a good place to find these teams? Um, I mean, I regularly, honestly, like I regularly get um, couples in my inbox 
like regularly. Um, but I think what has mm. to happen is um, having a system, having a recruiter that would specialize in knowing what the company's need was and what it was, and then knowing companies within the area. Because if a couple comes to me, um, well, even like a, a single driver um, up out of Illinois, he's not happy with his contractor. And he was like, I'd like to team, but what do I do? Well, I don't know anybody in Illinois, so I can't really help them out too much. Um, or if somebody's uh, mm-hmm. in Denver, well, I don't, I don't know a contractor in Denver. So knowing, I think also it's a two-part problem. One, like when there is somebody that has a need, having the availability to send them to a hub that then can help them locally um, get them connected because there's nothing really that tells you who's hiring or what they're hiring for. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get back to the, the whole lifestyle thing. Again, like you said, trucking is a, is a, is a lifestyle. Um, you guys look like you have a pretty nice little rig out there. Um, so you got plenty of space in the truck. You bring all your, uh, cooking, uh, gadgets and stuff with you, but let's say I'm a solo driver and I'm just in a company truck, you know, you know, Freightliner, you know, um, what are the, like a bare minimum essentials I need to have on me, uh, to eat, to eat good on the road? So is this like a newer truck that comes with an inverter and a fridge? <laughs> uh, I mean, all Actually, new trucks come with them now. Because... So I'm asking because our first truck, we have been in trucks that have not while we've been over the road. So it, it makes a difference. Yeah, I, my, my first have like three, an inverter my, and fridge. Yeah, my first three trucks didn't have an inverter. So yeah, no, that's a good, that's a really good point. Um, so let's let's do with and without. Let's let's say you say you say you got like a decent you know hundred dollar inverter from the truck stop or your. Hopefully your company provided you with one. What, what, all, what all can you power with that thing? Okay. So when it comes to an inverter, um, my first and what I started out with is an electric skillet um, or a, I used to do a microwave, hmm. but I have liked my uh, air fryer much better. So I have um, an air fryer and an electric skillet, but the key is, so I have the Vortex Plus uh, air fryer and it, it sets up a little bit different it allows you to um, have three different levels so you can keep cooking things. But the key is, is when you're looking at anything that you're going to want to buy, maybe you're like, oh, I'm never going to air fryer. I'm never going to electric skillet. Well, that's overachieving for you. Um, I'm going to say just you got to check with the wattage. And for us, the key is, is it doesn't matter what the appliance is. It cannot have more than a continuous of 1500 watts um, surging up to mm-hmm. 1800 because you will demolish your inverter. I promise. And a heartbeat. <laughs> so it's cheaper to go buy like a $30 electric skillet from Walmart and, and replace it every six months than it is to blow up your inverter. But my top picks are the uh, electric skillet and air fryer. Yeah. And try to avoid anything that plugs directly into the DC outlet. I, I find most of that stuff is junk. Either it doesn't get hot enough or cold enough. And you're really just kind of like, unless you're trying to like keep something cool, you're really kind of wasting your money or unless you guys have, have you found anything that works better than you would no, think? No, I actually did a video on that and you know, some people have some controversy over it, but um, we had one that like burnt up the entire outlet, which then just about caught fire. Um, so I yeah. am not uh, in for favor of them. The, like the plug gets so hot on like everyone and we've tried them I and mean, we've had companies reach out to us and they're like, Hey, will you just like give this a try? And I try it, but there's been a couple products where I'm just like, I'm not even going to make a video of this. Like this, no, it's not like you said, they either <laughs> take forever to get hot um, or it just doesn't, I, I don't find them to work well overall. And for what they're, for what they, what they charge for those things too, you know, it, it's, it's an, it's outrageous. Um, I Absolutely. had a, a tweet the other day, I was at Walmart 
and they have like this really nice $200 uh, air fryer that they're like clearancing for $59. The prices of air fryers yeah. are just, they're going through the floor right now. There are yeah. entire warehouses fully just stuffed with air fryers from not this Christmas, but the Christmas before <laughs> because they, mm-hmm. they were stuck in on the boats uh, out on the shores and they didn't make it in time for Christmas. So then they sat in the warehouses through spring got on the shelf for Christmas this year and they still didn't sell enough. So yeah, yeah if you're in the market ours, for an air fryer, uh, this is a hundred dollars for the, the one I'm talking about. And it, it's nice. Like I don't miss not having a microwave at all. I thought, man, this is going to be a gamble. I don't miss a darn microwave at all. I'm going to say scrap yeah. the darn microwave, get the air fryer and the meat that I can cook in the air fryer is so good. Like I cook from scratch. Like I'm a country girl, like cast iron skillets, open fire. Mm -hmm. Like that's my preferred way of cooking. And I'm telling you, I can really crank out some amazing meals out of that air fryer. I mean, this past Thanksgiving, we had to drive on Thanksgiving day. I made our entire meal, turkey breast, all the the sides and my pumpkin pie in my air fryer. Whoa. Okay. What kind of air fryer are you guys (laughs) using? Cause I I have, I got, I got mine like Christmas two years ago from uh, my sister-in-law it's great, but it's not very big and you can only cook like one you know thing at a time in it. So if I'm doing like pork chops and asparagus, I got to cook the pork chops first and then I got to cook the asparagus. But I've seen some that have like dual drawers. I think that's where I'm going next. You got like one with like no, multiple nope, drawers No, not the stuff? dual drawers. No. So this is the Vortex Plus. It has shelves. So it's square. It's a square box and it has three Whoa. different shelves in it. So like what I do, like I'll give you an example for breakfast and this is what we do regularly um, if we're trying to do a quick meal is we take bacon, you put it on the top two shelves and you let the bacon fry up. But then when the bacon's like halfway fried, then we put the bacon, uh, we switch it all to one shelf and then we throw in um, hash browns, like the McDonald's hash browns. So then you're just cooking, then you put that on the top mm-hmm. level. So now your bacon's just slowly finishing out. You got your your hash brown on top there and then we put eggs in the bottom. And so every once in a while, you got to rotate it, you know, maybe every minute and a half, you rotate it sometimes, just watch it. And then we have three things and we make it into a sandwich, a hash brown breakfast sandwich. And they're all done oh, at the same amazing. time. It's now, all are, you, are, are you doing this while you're parked or can you do this while the truck's moving? Because you're driving. Oh, yeah. Years. No, I do. We do. We do this when the truck's moving. <laughs> sometimes you got to be careful with that bacon <laughs> grease. I got to tell you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. When yeah. We're look, so I'm looking at this thing now. It's 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 from instant. So everyone knows Inst- Instapot. Um, yeah, yeah. What a nice, what a nice little unit here. It's nice and square. It'll fit right in the cubby hole. Yep. Uh, oh man, it even has like a rotisserie. It straps down really easy too so because you can do, like, it's a square. Chicken in there. Yeah, it's a game changer. Oh, it's amazing. Like, yeah, mine's like th- mine's like an bucks. egg shape. It's like it's like a big. Wow. Let's see. What, yeah, but see how the egg shape. Like, how are you going to strap that down? Then you got to put it in a cabinet. You got to take it out. Like that's obnoxious. Like, yeah. strap it down up there. It's yeah. square. It stays there. Nice ventilation around it. There's nothing. I mean, a chicken breast in there is so moist. I mean, it's it's really good. And then, like you said, we'll put our vegetables in there. You can wrap stuff up in like a little foil pouch and steam it when you're cooking your meat. It it's my go-to. Fried potatoes, roll around. Leftovers in the air fryer. Yeah, my my favorite thing is leftovers in the air fryer. So like you know, if I order pizza and I have leftovers, instead of the microwave, I, I throw it in the air fryer. It's like you just bought it, you know, right there on the spot all over again. Something yeah. something about the air fryer, I guess, because it's like removing moisture. Whereas the microwave is like steaming everything. Um, yeah, it makes a, makes a huge difference, especially. Um, so like my big, my big thing right now is like, I'll buy a, a bag, a five pound bag of like frozen Tyson chicken wings, easiest yeah. chicken wings you've ever made in your life. Throw it in the air fryer, 400 degrees, 10 minutes, take them out, 
season them however you want, put them back in for another 12 minutes, and you've got perfect wings every time. There is no yeah, and how much does that bag cost guesswork you? whatsoever involved. Like um, how much does a bag cost you? Not not a whole Honestly, I forgot. It's it, the prices are going up because you know chicken. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Chicken wings are are going are on the way back down again. Um, but they were kind of high for a while. But it's but it's a whole five pound bag. But I mean, it's still you're probably eating them for under five dollars a meal. Like so, you talked about cost savings. Oh yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So the whole the whole bag. Now of, you uh, just had. I'm probably gonna know, get it, I'm probably gonna get it wrong, but I believe I want to I want to say it was like eight dollars for the bag. Oh yeah, so you're eating. And how many meals do you think you get out of that? Oh, plenty. Because I, I I fit maybe eight. In the uh, air fryer, yeah. Okay, no, I was way off. So on online price, uh, da, da, da. well, this is if you want to buy online. I'm not trying to buy online. I just want to know how much it costs in the store. This is saying twenty five dollars, but still, it's it's a still oh, it's, it's a ten lot. pound bag. Okay, yeah, I remember I used to be able to go to BJ's and buy like a five pound bag of like the frozen um, Tyson buffalo wings for like five between between five and eight dollars, but now with like you know the, the bird flu going yeah, around with, you know wiping out all the chickens. Prices are still up, but even even with those increased prices, you're still saving so much money compared to walking into a truck stop and buying, and you know, whatever they got enough, under the heat lamps. It's way in there. fresher and way better quality. Yes, yes. Like, and you're, yeah. and it's going to be fresher for you to enjoy. You're like you're heating mm-hmm. and eating it. You're not having to like, oh, now let me go back out to my truck or let me sit in the truck stop. It's you pull it right out and you eat it. So like the cost savings when even if you're just doing something you're not cooking from scratch like I do, even if you're just doing. Um, you buy yourself a frozen pizza or on this mini frozen pizza or a chicken pot pie, you know, mm-hmm. single thing. And you're putting in that air fryer. The cost savings are just huge. I mean, you can't get a meal at a truck stop for under like 12 bucks. I think that's like bare minimum food. Like average person is probably spending 18 to $20. Yeah. It's, I try to tell people like if they've never been over the road stuff, I tell them like, imagine trying to go to, um, so like I'm in the Northeast, so we have Wawa everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like imagine imagine eating Wawa three meals three meals a day for a whole month straight, and then just try to bring up the costs. And they're like, "Oh my god, yeah!" So no matter what, even if you're making great money on the road, you know it all gets eaten up um, just because you're you know it's eating eating all your uh, meals on the road. Um, yeah. So I had a co-driver when I was first hauling um, munitions, and uh, what he would do is he and his girlfriend the night before we went out, they would just make burritos, um, and he would have like two gallon size bags full of burritos and he would just shove all of them into our fridge in the truck and he, you know take up half the fridge and i got the other half um and those would last him probably about three weeks and then the last week on the road that's when he started like um having to buy you know finally going inside and buying yeah having to buy stuff but still three weeks you know and it's burritos so you don't have to like heat them up or anything but again it's burritos so you can imagine him farting up the truck <laughs> um <laughs> What so, the other nice thing about <laughs> trucking, team trucking, there is no so, privacy at all. So, yeah, no, no, no. That's and that's why I, I think the husband and wife teams uh, are the best. If I'm a, let's say I'm a new driver, um, be, whether it be solo or team, got myself a nice air fryer. I want to, I want to eat healthy on the road. What's your, what would be like your number one recipe to somebody new to this? And then what are like your personal favorite recipes that you cannot live without? Um, I'm gonna say. The number one thing that I usually cook with that makes it easy is ground beef. Um, whether I'm making it as a, a burger, we do, we'll eat burgers um, probably once a week or so, um, especially in that fryer. They're so easy. Um, I put a piece of foil down and make mm-hmm. sometimes four burgers. So that way I only have to cook one time and then I just like heat it back up the next day. 
but burgers we probably eat a good bit and we actually don't even eat it with bread because i'm gluten-free which sucks but you know we Mm. we eat it with some vegetables or we might get some chips or something like that so i would say starting with ground beef because then you can also make it into if you wanted to do a burrito or if you wanted to make a quick uh, quesadilla something like that like you buy your wraps they don't need to be refrigerated you can if you want like at walmart any of the grocery stores they already have your onions and peppers chopped up cheese your burger ground beef just throw it on there and you can make it into a burrito or just eat it as a mix bowl is what we do we just throw it all in a bowl and eat it but yeah burgers uh i would say chicken breasts they're really easy in the truck a a piece of chicken with some vegetables I probably wouldn't work too well on the road, but when I um, started driving local, I bought, uh, it's called a sous vide. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sous vides are great because it's, it's basically just how restaurants um, operate too. It's, uh, I think it's French for water bath or water oven, but basically it's yeah. like uh, a wand with a heating element inside of it and you put it in a pot of water and there's a dial and then you set the temperature to the exact temperature you want. And you take whatever food you've got, like steak, chicken, et cetera, and you put it in a, I use a black bag. Some people use um, uh, vacuum seal bags, but that's too much. But you don't need, you don't need a vacuum yeah. seal. Put the food in the bag, dip the bag in the water, and then just let the water pressure push all the air out and then zip it shut. And what's amazing with it is it cooks whatever meat you have to the exact temperature you want. So like if you like your steaks rare, medium rare, whatever, there's absolutely no guesswork. It cooks it to it perfectly every single time. And then you just take the food out of the bag after like an hour or two and put it on a, you know, searing hot skillet to, to sear it. And that's the best steak or chicken you've ever had in your life. And pork chops too. Best you've ever had in your life. So see, if you on, on home time, that would be really great. Like you could make that and then either put it in your fridge yes. or, and then just throw it in your electric skillet and finish it off or warm it back up. Like exactly. you prep, that exactly. would be a that's, really that's good a lot of ste- Yeah. That's how a lot of restaurants do steak and stuff. It's like, if you've got eight tables all asking for steak at the same time. Like you don't have time to sit there and, you know, cook up every single steak from scratch. So they keep them in a big, big water bath. And then they take, they take one out as they're being ordered. Um, you know, and it saves so much time and money, but yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Cook, cook all your chicken, um, and then keep it in your fridge. And then when you're ready to eat one, just pop it in the, uh, cause it's already cooked. So, you know, you're not having to cook it all the way through again. You just, you're just reheating it. Yeah. Um, I used to make uh, chicken salads a lot. So I would buy like four pounds of ch- four or five pounds of chicken breast, cook them all in the sous vide, take them out, shred it up, and then let it cool down and then uh, dump a bunch of mayonnaise and salt, um, maybe some onions in there and then mix it up. And you could just eat that as is, put it between two slices of bread, however you want it. And you're, I mean, that much chicken, you know, you're, you're talking like yeah. days. If, if you're doing like one or two meals, that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of food right there. We try to do a lot of like hot meals and try to, and try so to our, like yeah, we try to do a lot of just hot meals. Sometimes we'll do like meat roll-ups and things like that with meat and cheese or like use the chicken salad or a sandwich, mm-hmm. but we try to eat as the same way as if we were at home um, because not only does it cost a lot of money, like if you were eating out, like we talked about, but the mental impact that it has on you to be in a portable lifestyle regularly, it really mentally drains people. And I think that's one of the biggest things is truck drivers aren't realizing is that never having a, a permanent place, never making it feel like home and eating on, you know, paper plates or a wrapper and eating cold meals has a huge impact on your mind and your mentality. So by eating a really good home cooked meal, you know, last night we made uh, chili from scratch it, it just, it does something to you, you know, just like when you eat a good hot holiday meal or some really good home cooked food, it really, 
it gives you a good mindset. So we try to do a lot of hot foods. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're eating the same, uh, you know, chicken salad wrap for a couple of days at a time, that first like warm meal, it hits your belly or it, it like brings you back to being human again. You're not just, uh, uh yeah. subsisting on the road. You're actually, you're actually surviving and thriving. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what we try to do is try to create that system. And then also it helps us stay in like in shape or, um, you know, me and Scott are not really big people. Uh, we are considered pretty healthy. If you, you know, going by doctor standards, um, in our weight, we keep in check just mm-hmm. by eating our own food. So, and we only eat two meals a day. That's the other big thing I'm going to give it. So one, I don't have any favorite recipes on the road because I don't change the way I cook from home to on the road. I cook everything. Like I said, I made Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, I'll make a steak. I'll make, I'll make some really elaborate meals. Um, there's nothing I won't cook in the truck, but it comes down to, you know, we only eat two meals a day. So we eat, you know, typically 10 in the morning and then uh, 5 p.m. And we don't snack. So we eat meat. We eat vegetables. Mm. And yeah, the some... snacking Yeah, the snacking is a big thing. My, when my dad and I were teaming, he basically just ate one meal a day on the road. You know, big big meal, but like while we're eating or driving. And he noticed like he was losing a ton of weight. And it's just because of intermittent fasting. You know, if he's not, if, if he has like a 16-hour window where he's not eating anything, you know, that's, that's a good way to uh, lose weight too. Yeah. So, you know, it naturally allows us to intermittent fast, but then also we're not physically moving. So we don't really have to burn a lot of calories. If you're not physically moving, the the work that makes trucking tiring and exhausting is the overwhelming mental stimulation of traffic, traffic, traffic. (laughs) So it's, we're not, we don't need the calorie. We don't, we're not burning them. So we don't really need to intake them. They taste good, but we don't really need to intake them. So we try to do smaller portions and we do a lot of just meat and vegetables. Hmm. Yeah. After after you're driving 500 miles for the day, then you got to like back up to a dock and it's a tight spot. It's like that, that's where the mental drain really starts to hit you. Cause you just, you know, you could, you could be driving for 10 years and you just get to one tough spot and you're just, it's like you're, uh, you're back to being a rookie all over again. I've watched guys with, you know, decades of experience. They got one bad day and they cannot nail the dock whatsoever. You really have to like, Pull up, give yourself like 10 deep breaths and just go, okay, I can do this. I've done this before. And then hopefully uh, <laughs> not embarrass Refocus. yourself in front of everybody all over again. Yeah. You, um, so you guys are driving a pretty big rig out there. Are you, what kind of places are you delivering to? Hopefully nothing, nothing too crazy. So that's the other great thing about FedEx Ground um, is we never go to anywhere. We go hub to hub and we never have to bump a dock. So we pull into the yard. So right now um, we're coming from like Nashville. And we were at the hub in Nashville and we're going up to uh, Hanford, Connecticut. And all we'll do is pull in the lot. As soon as we pull in, we'll drop the trailers and the drop lad on the drop lanes. And then we'll uh, sign into an app on our cell phones and it'll tell us what trailers we need to go find. It has GPS trackers. So it tells you the exact parking spot those trailers are in. You hook up and you're out the gate. So this morning, like when I, I did a little side hub, I was in and back on the road in like 20 minutes, half hour, dropped out and rehooked. Jeez. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i hope all our drivers are listening to this and like really really taking that in because you know my record for waiting to get loaded was 18 hours you know i mean there's sometimes every paying, once in a guys, while pay- we'll get stuck somewhere but i mean it's it's a lot of times it's not getting stuck i mean now sometimes we get out to california you might be there for 24 hours but you're in california and it's it's warm and yeah. sunny you clean your truck you eat food you get a shower take a nap and it's <laughs> the next day yeah there are worse places to be stuck than in california yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've been there. 
Yeah. Especially when you're hauling military freight, because you'll, uh, you know, because you're hauling hazmat, most places don't want you parking there. And also mm. um, because your satellite track, they don't want you sitting still. So what they'll have you do instead is um, if I'm delivering to a base somewhere and I have a load in the trailer and it's say Friday night, everybody's gone, you know, they're gone for the weekend. So you'll, you'll be escorted into the base. They'll have a lot somewhere nearby that you can drop your trailer and then you bobtail, bobtail out. Or God forbid you have a load on the truck. So we have like dormitory boxes on the trucks and mm. most places like they'll let you park your truck there and then you take a taxi off base but there's been plenty of times where i get there like sunday night and they're like nah man we got like like crane indiana is like one of the worst there's there's no hotels or nothing nearby maybe there are now because it's, it's been a few years but um yeah you'll just you'll, you'll get there sunday night they bring you inside the base and they lock the gate behind you and there's like no facilities no nothing maybe a porter john out there but again yeah, it's, so you, you know, better be winter. pretty self-sufficient and making your truck into a home Yes. Yes. And, you know, we were company drivers, so, you know, we didn't own the truck, but we would see some of these like FedEx team trucks out there. They're palaces on wheels. So, you know, yeah, they got no, maybe restrooms inside the truck. So, and oh, showers, yeah, so they got yeah. no problem. Uh, now we have made that our truck into that. So this year, one of my projects for the last six years, when it talks about like, we do all this cooking, um, you got to think about how are you going to clean it up? Because mm-hmm. we use read, read real dishes. We use forks and, and all like oh, yeah. that. Um, you got the, the plates you got to wipe off or your electric skillet you got to wipe out how are you cleaning that like well i know the last five years we were using a, a bucket and uh an old laundry jug that has a pump on the end of it and uh full of water and that's how we did our dishes so you have cold water trying to clean up some bacon grease didn't go well so my goal was to get hot water a portable <laughs> hot water heater in the truck so i could have hot water to do dishes but it also could pair as a shower so this year i did it um, it's called Hike Crew. It's it runs off of the little one pound propane bottles that you can use for like a camp stove, the Coleman camp stoves. So it's a one pound bottle, hooks onto the back, and oh, that's clever. Um, I got some military jugs that, or you know, the water jugs, six gallon jugs. Got those, mm-hmm. put them in my wardrobe cabinet, put a shelf in there, put that on top, and now I got a sink with hot water in the truck. So on that kind of situation where you're oh. stuck out in a military base, you could have just uh, stuck the hose out the door and had you a hot shower. Nobody's there. <laughs> oh, that would... yeah, there are, there are times where I wish I had something like that. It was mostly just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll suffer through this until uh, our next stop. And we can, uh, you know, get a shower somewhere next. But see, that's our goal. We don't want you to have to suffer for that. We don't want you to have to suffer. We don't want any driver to have to live that kind of life because you don't have to. Uh, so we, we got lucky. Yeah, uh, yeah. We talked to our boss. And um, he got us into a 2023 Volvo. Mm. Yeah, now, so. I, I've driven a Volvo before. It was a day cab. I had no problem with Volvos, but there's a lot of guys out there that, that, that kind of poo-poo on the, uh, on the Volvo. So what's, what's, so, what's, so, what's so nice about your guys' truck? Um, we have the dinette, and we actually did some modifications again ourselves. We put a Murphy bed in here because you can't use the bed and the table at the same time unless you want to sleep on those awful cushions. So we made mm-hmm. our own Murphy bed in here. And uh, then we can use a table and sit at a, like a kitchen table every time we eat a meal. And we still have a nice mattress and a, and a bed for ourselves. But we like it because the way the cabinets are configured, it gives you more storage that's more usable and more open space. So it's, it's a wider aisle when you're back at the bunk area. But it's just, I mean, we've been in Freightliners Internationals and things like that. Um, but the Volvo breaks down a lot less on us than any of the other trucks that we've had i mean even yes. we've had old volvo so this isn't just like our first volvo but we've had other ones but 
the International the Freightliner, man, we just couldn't stay out of the shop. We we do a lot of miles. We do about five to six thousand miles a week. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty good. I, on on, our, on like during the summers, our busy runs, we would do like seven thousand, and even then, our company's like, you you guys are killing it. Because um, again, you know, we get to the bases and they're closed for the weekend, so you're running as hard as you can during the weekdays. Oh, and you guys yeah. are home on the on the weekends. So yeah, so we're yeah. running hard. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Um, yeah, the, by far the worst truck I was ever in that when I was on the road was uh, 2006 Freightliner uh, Argosy. It's so it's a day cab, and it was the frame was extended, but the cab inside was not. And so, if you've ever mm. been inside inside one of those, it looks it looks like basically any, any kind of Freightliner on the interior, but smaller. Um, it it and the and the floor is raised up. So instead of like the doghouse like you see in like old uh, cab overs, the, the entire floor itself will just be raised like six inches. So uh. the the height of the truck is is shorter, and then all the cabinets are maybe like four inches narrower, and uh, because the the cab is also higher with the cab over design, you're getting you're getting bounced around all over that truck. I I never got for oh, for man. two years I was in that truck. I never got a full night's sleep. And then they up, updated our fleet with these really nice Freightliner uh, Coronados 2013s. And man, oh, yeah, those are nice. Truck. I I miss that thing. Yeah, something. Yeah, and they just rolled they just rolled the last one off the assembly line in Mexico this week. So you know, gonna mm. gonna miss those. They were they they were good trucks. Yeah. We had one for a short time. It was older. The poor thing had like almost 2 million miles on it. Oh, it's barely broken in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've already put uh, 45,000 miles on our 2023. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easy. The The very yeah. first truck I was in in truck driving school, it had 1.6 million. And I was like, this is the most, like, above and beyond, like, the, the longest uh, mileage truck I've ever, or any kind of vehicle I've ever been in. And my instructor was like, 1.6. Oh, she's barely broken in. But, yeah. That was always. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Angela, uh, we, we talked about the appliances in your truck. You know, you have the, uh, the air fryer, you, uh, you got the, uh, the, uh, the, the, I have an electric oh, skillet. Uh, what was the, 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 I had the pot you have in your truck. I can't remember what oh, the, the name Instapot. of it is. Yeah. Though, uh, the Instapot. Yeah. Instapot. Yeah. So I have the uh, air fryer, Instapot and electric skillet. Uh, anything else you got? Uh, have you thought about bringing a, like a compact grill or with you or something else? I got a coffee pot. That's a one cup coffee pot, but we can't do a grill because um, if we did like an open fire, we're just never stopped enough. Like if we were like a solo driver or maybe even like, like the expediters, I know we'll have downtime to do that. But honestly, like our truck stops for like two hours, give or take a day, like at a continuous time. So to, get the fire going or get a little grill going and pack it back up. It's still going to be hot. We just don't have the time for a grill. Yeah. Uh, going past that, uh, storage solutions in your truck. You know, I had the Freightliner Cascadia with the big, uh, the big tall wardrobe. So, you know, immediately you go to Walmart, you get one of those, uh, three drawer plastic shells, filing cabinets, you shove in there and that's your, uh, three, your, uh, three tier storage shell for, you know, your, your clothes or your food or anything else. Uh, what kind of uh, dry goods, food do you bring with, you know, peas, flour, sugar, stuff like that? Yeah. So um, like I said, I, I turned my uh, wardrobe into my portable sink and water system. So it contains all of the dishwater for the week and all of our dishwater, drinking and dishwater for the entire week. Um, 
So I got 12 gallons in my wardrobe of, of water in my sink that all folds up in there and the doors go closed. When it comes to dry goods, I usually have um, flour, cornstarch, uh, rice, um, I have tuna packets. Uh, sometimes I have some canned goods like uh, we made chili, so the beans and tomatoes, uh, sometimes some spaghetti sauce. And then I, what I do is I divide out in baskets so that way the drawers, so the, the Volvo has drawers in it. Um, so I use those as my pantry. So I put baskets inside of those drawers. That way it doesn't just end up being a big mess when you open it up because you're driving down the road. So I put baskets um, in there. So one might be a spice cabinet, like a spice basket that has here's salt, pepper, garlic, onion, chili powder, paprika. And then I'm from Maryland. So we got Old Bay. Uh, then some cumin, <laughs> and so I can pretty much make anything out of it. I don't, I don't think it. anybody's yeah, going to complain about Old Bay. <laughs> no, <laughs> you got to have a mix. Yeah, so I usually I have eight seasonings in that little basket, and I can cook anything with it. And then the other basket has your your canned goods, and then the other one, like you said, your dry goods, your rice, your flour, your cornstarch, noodles, things like that. Uh, you guys are so much better at this than I was when I was over the road early on. My I, I would go to like Walmart just buy like twelve cans of Chef Boyardee. And those would be like my winter provisions, you know, in case I got stuck somewhere. Yeah. So you guys are that's eating my good. Tuna. Yeah. My, that's my tuna packs. <laughs> and then I keep tuna in there because <laughs> I usually keep like six packs of tuna. And I'm like, huh, you can make tuna salad. And then I take that old bay and make a tuna cake. It's the, the poor man's, uh, the Maryland poor man's crab cake. <laughs> yeah, I know. I used to carry the, uh, the, the tuna packs with me. The I was actually one of the guys that actually did eat the uh, sardines in the can, the fish steaks in the, and soybean oil <laughs> in the can, uh, uh, canned chicken. I know which is like the worst kind of chicken you can have, but, you know, I did that also. Uh, I mean, it, it's simple. You just tear open the bag, uh, put in a little bit of pickle, relish, or whatever, mayonnaise, sauce, whatever you want in there, stir it up, and there you go. But, uh other gadgets, gizmos, I've seen people use on the road, you know, those uh, portable washer dryers, you know, that's basically the size of a laundry, bat la laundry basket, but it's got like one half the washer, the other half the little yeah. uh, spin tub. It's not a real dryer, but, you know, I've seen drivers take that, put it in front of their passenger seat and, you know, run the hose out the door and, you know, they'll do do uh, simple laundry that way, you know, get by till they get to actual laundromat. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, like I said, we're home um, every weekend, so we just empty it out. So we use um, those like cloth collapsible um, square like basket styles that they can get anywhere, like Walmart, whatever. Um, yeah. But they, you know, the big cabinets that are up top or on the bottom, they fit in there perfect. Um, depending on your truck, you need to put one in there or two of them in there, but it divides the space in half. So like our clothes, I put an entire week's worth of clothes in one of those baskets. So we pair up all of our clothes to an outfit and just drop it down to that basket and you just pull that whole thing out. Like I'm really short, so I can't reach those. Like Scott had to make me a step so I can even reach the top cabinets, but it means I just pull down the whole <laughs> basket and I got everything right there for me and it's kept neat and folded. And yeah, like you said, baskets are key to not having, or like those little plastic shoebox containers that have the snap-on lids. Those are key. Yeah. So even if you don't have a yeah. drawer, I've used those for canned goods. Canned goods fit in those. You put your, you can usually fix six to eight canned goods in those plastic shoe boxes and you stack them up, keeps it separated and more organized, not banging around and rattling when you're trying to sleep. Well, you, well, usually what you see in a truck, like especially like the Cascadia, you know, there, there's no cabinets up top. So guess what happens? The bunk gets let down, the bunk mattress gets tossed out and 
yep, that's uh, us. in comes the milk crates and the in comes the milk crates and the baskets and you know the the bunk basically the gets bag, turned to the top bags. shelf. Yep, ours yeah. is for storage too. So that's where well, we put our, our empty clothing bag for our dirty clothes, coats, things like that. But what I do to help, and we've never had anything come off the top bunk, is I take that uh, grippy stuff that you put in your cabinet or underneath your rug, put that grippy stuff down, you put that on the top up there, yeah. stuff doesn't slide around. It stays right in place. Oh, man. I wish I had that because you know, I've, I've had a couple of times where a car cuts you off, you slam your brakes, and the next thing you know, you got your two suitcases up on the top bunk <laughs> yeah. flying out and... Hit you, in the, yes. hit you in the hand while you're uh, shifting gears. That's no fun. And it about gives you a heart attack. You're like, what just happened to me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you really, uh, your co-driver rolls out of the bunk like, what the hell's going on up there? Yeah, no. So when I put that grippy stuff down, we don't lose anything. Well, I didn't use the the the, the kitchen matting or whatever you call it. But uh, basically what I did, the boxes I had were like a split lid. And you, you can open both sides of the lid, but the center part of it was solid. So that solid part in the center of what was right where the two inch strap went. So I just basically had oh, yeah. the two inch ratchet strap going from side to side on the bunk. And that worked out great. Yeah. You got to be creative. Lowe's is also a great place. Yeah. Like Lowe's anymore is wonderful. So our last truck didn't have a lot of uh, cabinets or storage. It was an international, um, but it was really small and there was no storage. So I literally like bolted, um, closet like the white rack that you see in your closets i like bolted yeah. that in the bottom side of the bunk and i got totes and put it up there it didn't really you know i put a couple screws in it didn't damage the truck uh well i was about to ask uh, did you go in the lows to see some uh season return cabinets marked down and decided hmm i wonder how that'll look bolted up to the back of the back of the cab <laughs> i've seen i've seen that hat seen people do that before crazy yeah Take, like you- Take an actual, like, a, a six-foot kitchen cabinet and just, like, get it mounted to the back of the back of the cab where they could have space. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is, and this is what we say all the time, we, like I said, we made a Murphy bed. We put that sink in our wardrobe. Don't do more damage than just putting a couple screws in. I mean, this is a company yeah. truck. It's not your truck. Don't trash it. You know, be respectful of that and know that it came with a big payment and be happy that you you have a decent truck. Um, so, so try not to really do permanent damage on it. So what advice would you guys give to like new guys coming in here? Say they want to reach like the level you guys uh, have achieved. Like how long starting from zero to, you know, reaching where you guys are at? How long do you think that would typically take? Um, I would say give yourself a good year and a half. So the other key component into what, um, has made Scott and I great drivers and have, uh, the record that we have and the mindset of driving is we did truck rodeos. Um, so go to a company that, that does truck rodeos or find it about there. They do have truck rodeos that you can just volunteer on the weekend and just go pay a hundred bucks and go to a truck rodeo your own self. And um, the truck rodeos really made us be top notch drivers. They allowed us to be patient and persistent and have a clean record. Um, I mean, I, in my entire career, I've not had any chargeable accidents ever. And I owe it to truck rodeos. Um, so if you have the opportunity, at least study what a truck rodeo is and what it's like. So you can just practice on yourself. So what Scott and I do is we simulate um, truck rodeos ourselves. So when I'm hooking, can I get it perfect? Do I need to, you know, try to excellence? Is Can I pull up to a line and how close can I get the front bumper to it without going over the line? Just really know your truck. Learn your truck. Know your truck. Know that you can get one inch away from something without hitting something. 
So, oh, okay, you're talking about the the national truck driving championships and all that. Yeah, the, the ones that Walmart Walmart keeps yep. dominating. Yeah, yeah. So me and Scott <laughs> have both been on state teams, and Scott has gone to nationals for that. Um, no kidding. Yeah. So I honestly say that our career um, we, it was built off a of foundation of of those rodeos and competing in them and being a part of those and being around just top-notch drivers changed your mindset. So one, know your truck, learn your truck and learn what it takes to be a good driver. But most importantly, take your time, take your time. Don't let anybody tell you that you have to do something. It's your license. And once you lose your license because of you doing choices that somebody forced you into, or you felt forced into, once you lose the license, you're done. Yeah. When I worked at the postal service, I would see guys come into the, uh, the lot at the plant I worked at and they would just come flying in through the gate and slam the brakes, you know, ram the truck backwards, slam into the dock and hop out. And it's cause you know, they're usually paid per trip or whatever. And I'm thinking, man, you're tearing up your equipment. You're risking everything. Um, you know, if somebody's walking behind you, you're not even checking your mirrors, man. You're just whipping it around as fast as you can. And yeah, you know, forget ruining your career. You're going to go to jail. Yeah. You know, if you, yeah, if you're you absolutely hit someone. right. So, I mean, take that first year, take it really slow, execute being a driver and what it, and, and that skill of excellence of, do you need a pull up? How, how quick can you get in that spot safely? Like, can you do it in one pull up and then, and then start executing it in a different way? Can you blindside in there? Can you just really learn your truck and build that confidence level and really just take it slow? Um, and then. Once you start taking it slow, then you're going to get more confidence out on the road and it's going to do you better. But I guess just keep realistic expectations on that is that it's, it takes time. You don't see a good truck driver yeah. with a good career out here by mistake. Yeah. It took a lot of diligence. Yeah. Um, so I know you got your YouTube channel, Simple Living. Um, are you guys active on any other social medias like uh, TikTok or Twitter or anything? Uh, so we have Facebook and Instagram. So we actually do more on Facebook and Instagram. We usually try to post a video a week on YouTube and we'll be doing some like YouTube lives and things, but we're on uh, like Insta stories and Facebook stories. We, I put a lot out there for those um, typically. You you really, man, you really need to get on TikTok. Just, just the content you guys have, just whatever meal you've got, a a quick 30 second video on TikTok. You guys, you guys would take off. I I promise you. I said, um, yeah, yeah. Scott's just like, I don't know about TikTok quite yet. So. I'm, I'm, you know, I've only been doing it, uh, since I, since I joined the company here, I, I didn't have an account or anything prior to that. And I mean, just within, again, I'm just in my house. I'm not even on the road. So you guys have a better shot of like creating content out there for that kind of stuff. And just in like the eight months I've been doing this, it's like almost 10,000 followers. And, oh, wow. um, most, you know, a lot of videos I'll have, you know, there'll be duds, but you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll touch on a topic or, you know, something that's really topical and, you know, 500,000 views, no problem. And it's, it's people awesome. like looking, yeah. it's, it's people looking for that kind of content. And so there's, you know, each, each social media platform has their own like big trucking communities and TikTok has a, has a huge trucking community. I, I think you guys would thrive okay. really well on there. So yeah, get that. Uh, that is, that be, is good to know. Don't be shy. <laughs> okay. That is good to know. Yeah. Okay. So if any, uh, anyone listening to this, they have any questions or say they want to get some recipes or, you know, how do I get in the FedEx or whatever, um, what's the best way for them to reach out to you guys? Um, either Facebook or Instagram, because YouTube, you can comment and, and I do monitor all the comments and everything, but YouTube, you can't have a conversation with as much. So it's a little bit hard to go back and forth, but Facebook Mm -hmm. and Instagram, if you guys send us a message, if you have, if you want to private message us or just comment on something, we do right back. And our goal is just to empower other people in trucking and allow it to be a blessing for their life. Just really know that trucking can take you far in life. Absolutely. I hear your husband, uh, cooking something in the background. What are you guys eating today? Yeah. 
So um, we are doing some jambalaya over rice, shrimp jambalaya over rice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll let you guys. Uh, I'll let you guys get uh, get back to your meal. Rooster, do you got anything else before we wrap it up here? Uh, no, I think we got pretty much everything covered. You know, uh, truck drivers really need to uh, start looking into what they're eating. You know, try to stay away from junk food. Get to the fresh food if, if all possible. And you know, there are ways and means to be able to cook in your truck to live healthier lifestyles while out on the road so you know we're going to do our best to bring that out to you yeah i mean just start cooking better just take it one step above that mcdonald's or that subways if and and even if that's what you're eating similar in your truck but you got it from a walmart or the grocery store the cost savings are going to be huge like you're going to save yourself so much money and then just take it you know maybe just start out with one meal you just cooked yourself one meal and the rest of it was like you got that frozen pot pie or that frozen pizza boat or those frozen chicken wings like maybe that's what you're starting with then you just do one from scratch meal and just work your way up until you're cooking all your meals or prepping or the majority of your meals and and uh it just starts small i mean we didn't get to where we are cooking shrimp jambalaya from scratch on the road <laughs> one night we took six years exactly. to build up on how to do it yeah so just like driving a truck you know you didn't, you didn't start uh driving doubles and triples overnight you had to you know start from the bottom and uh work your way up um, exactly but angela uh i will try not to eat up too much of your time you guys have been more than generous um i'll let you get back to your meal and uh yeah stay safe out there and thank you so much for chatting with us yeah thanks for having me all right ladies and gentlemen this has been the back truck up podcast with james rooster bowen and just martin with our special guest angela and scott from S- simple living on youtube and we will catch you guys next week <laughs>